This life-changing message comes to you from Church of the Harvest. It's our prayer that this message will inspire your life and bring hope to your future. We're going to continue from last week. We are in a series called Overflow. And if you missed last week, listen online. As we talked about the, the sin of Adam, the sin of Cain, and then we talked about where it tells us uh, a warning about the way of Cain. And the way of Cain is redefining what is acceptable to God. And Cain brought uh, not the first fruits, he brought some leftovers to God, and he really thought God would accept that, but God did not, because God must be first. And that means that we, we give to him before we pay any other bill, before we do anything with that, that income, that increase, we give to God. And we bless him and we put him first. And every time that uh, I do that, it reminds me that he's first in my life. That my source is the Lord, not this world system, not the stock market, not uh, my business or whatever. My dependence is on God. And uh, he's a good provider. Amen? But the blessing of the Lord's not automatic. The, the provision is not an automatic thing. We have a part to play in it. And uh, we've seen that really that part is, is putting him first. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, this is Jesus speaking. He said, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So Jesus is teaching us to lay up treasures in heaven. How do you do that? Every time that you give a tithe, you give an offering, every time that you, uh, you minister to someone in his name, you're laying up treasures in heaven. And maybe you don't know this, but you got two bank accounts. You have an account in this earth and you have an account in heaven. And maybe your account in the earth doesn't look that good at times. Well, it doesn't mean that you're, you're bankrupt. It means, what about your heavenly account? Because you can make a withdrawal from it. And that's, I'm going to get into the generous giver actually is above the tide, like Pastor Rob was talking about. And uh, I'm going to kind of hit the foundation again because it's so much on me about the, the first fruits or the tithe or, or the firstborn. And we get the foundation set, we get the principle right, we can move forward from that. But he's teaching us here. Uh, really, well, my question is to you, are you laying up treasures in heaven? Because the treasures in heaven cannot be stolen. They're eternal. It didn't take a dip in the heavenly stock market and its value goes down. No, it's eternally a, a treasure for you. And when you think about when I give to God, I, I'm laying treasures up there that I'm rewarded on for all eternity. It doesn't take a, a rocket scientist to figure out where I need to be uh, giving. Uh, and especially first, God wants you to enjoy your life. He wants you blessed. But he wants you to know who is God and who is the owner and who's number one. He doesn't make a good number two. 
He just doesn't accept being number two because he's not number two. It'd be a lie for him to accept number two from you because he's number one. And he always will be. And we'll always worship him, even in heaven. He will always receive the glory. We're made in his likeness and image, but we're still not God. The life force on the inside of us came from him. But he is the life source. He is the life. And there's no beginning and no ending from him. He's always been. And now tilt your mind if you think about it for a while. So, and I've tilted my mind with that before. It can be fun, but it, uh, <laughs> you have to move on after a while. You seek first the kingdom of God. God desires to provide for us, but we must obey Him. We must do what He's called us to do. Whether we understand it or not, God connects our heart and our giving together. And think, well, I don't, I don't think that way. Well, it doesn't matter. That's the way God thinks. And how many know that God's right? If our thinking is not in line with his thinking, our thinking is wrong, he's right. He always has the right answer. He's always correct. My worship, my thankfulness, my honoring of, of God the Father uh, in his view, which is the correct view, by the way, is always connected to me giving my treasure, to me giving my tithe, to me presenting to him in worship my tithe and offerings. You remember the first mention of worship in the Bible was connected to Abraham giving his firstborn. And we saw that firstborn, first things, devoted things, first fruits, tithe, all mean the same thing. The first mention of worship is when Abraham said, God, you are my provision, you are my supply. I put you first. I laid down Isaac and God provided and that's the first mention of worship. So, I would say this, if your worship and honor of God does not include tithing and the offerings, I say your worship's incomplete. I think that God's way and what He says is the true way. In Leviticus 27 verse 30, a tithe of everything from the land, whether grain from the soil or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord. It's holy to the Lord. So we say we give our tithes, we give our offerings, and, and I, I say the same thing. But really, we're not giving it to Him. It belongs to Him. We're returning it to Him because it's His. If you borrowed my car and I gave you the keys to the car and said, look, you can use it till your car gets out, you know, the shop, whatever. Three days later, you come and give me the, the car keys and you go around saying, I gave Pastor Bob a car. Really? No, it was mine all along. <laughs> you just returned it to me. That's the picture. We're returning to him what is due him. Because of who he is, we're giving him his honor. And the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. It's holy to him. The first 10% is holy. 
Holy means set apart or separated. So I give my first 10%. It's separated, set apart unto God. And of course, when I do that, he blesses the rest. Faith requires we obey God regardless of whether we understand it or not. The tithe is first. It's possible to give God 10% and not be the tithe. It's because you didn't give it to him first. You wanted to see how all the bills laid out and what came along that month and didn't give your 10%. That's not a tithe. Faith gives it first. And then trust God with the rest. And see, whatever you give first, is you're giving preeminence to. You're giving the, you could say, the, the glory to. When you give to God first, he redeems the rest. The first determines how everything else goes. And he said, test me in this. Now he's telling us the testing, what should we do? What's the correct response? Testing. Testing. <laughs> and we talk about God you know, people say, does God test us? He didn't test us with evil. The test that we have is a test of faith. And the test of faith is, well, I believe him and obey him. He never puts us in a situation to tempt us with evil to see how we will respond. He didn't test like that. He gives us promises. These promises are made, and we, we believe or not. We obey or not. He gives us the promises not to see how what we will do. He gives us the promises where we will know what he will do. And God's a good God. He wants us. He encourages us to obey him because the blessing is in obeying him. Faith actually is more believing. It's an action word where you act on it. You obey. So God wants us to be blessed, but we must obey him in order to receive those provisions. Proverbs 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiencies from righteous labors and with the first fruits of all your income. So here we see again the first. God wants the first. When I sit down... And uh, I'm paying my bills. The first that I give brings honor, brings glory to God. I give my first to Him. But really, the way God sees this, if I say I pay AT&T first, this is really what I'm doing. Oh, AT&T, how I bless you today. I thank you for taking care of me and my family. I thank you for always being there for us. And I thank you for always providing. Ford Motor Company. Oh, Ford Motor Company. What would I do without you? I honor and worship you today as first. I give you the glory and the honor. I thank you. I just seem to get around better with you. I just feel like I'm on the ride. I'm not even doing anything. And, and I look forward to you always being in my life. 
That's, that's the way God sees it. That's what we're doing. The first is holy. Who are we calling holy? Who are we calling number one? Well, Pastor, I just don't think that way. Well, God does. God does. He said it's holy. Romans 8, 29, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. And here we see God did not withhold his best, his firstborn, or his tithe, and we have to tithe. We have to give him what is due him. Remember, the clean was sacrificed to redeem the unclean. Genesis 14, verse 18, The Melchizedek, king of Salem, for all that bread and wine, he was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham of God Most High, possessor of heaven and earth. Blessed be God Most High, who has delivered your enemies into your hand. He gave him a tithe of all. Abraham's called the father of our faith because it says that he believed God unto righteousness. It wasn't through some sacrifice or some performance. He believed God the same way that we believe God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he tithed. It was 430 years before the law. He's tithing. He's giving glory to God. Melchizedek is a type of Jesus. And it says that he was without beginning and end. And, and he is the one that blessed Abraham and Abraham gave a tithe to him. It's a picture uh, of our covenant relationship. There was bread and wine, which represents communion, and there was tithe, and it, it represented the bread and communion was uh, given by God. The tithe was given by man. It was a covenant connection that I'm in agreement with you, God, and I connect with you. That's when you hear people say the tithe's a covenant connection. They're taking it from this. They see the two together. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9. And having been perfected, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. So we see here in Hebrews, you can read the whole book of Hebrews. It's awesome. Uh, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them, Jesus, of whom is witness that he lives. When we give our tithes, it, the Bible says in a spiritual sense that Jesus himself receives our tithes. What an honor we have to, what a holy thing we we are privileged to do. See, tithing is not a punishment to me. It's not a burden. It is a worship. And when I know Jesus receives it personally, wow, what a blessing to give to him, to honor him, because he's worthy. All I have to do is spend about 10 seconds looking at my life and knowing that his salvation has redeemed me. That I needed mercy, I needed him to intervene in my life, and he rescued me. I was destined for hell, I was running for hell, but I got stopped and saved because of the blood, because of the price that was paid, and I stepped into a new life, and I'm grateful, and I'm going to shout his praise, I'm going to give him first place in every place in my heart, my life. Am I perfect? No. 
None of us are, but there's blood when you're not. There's forgiveness. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm getting happy on my child. Okay. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse and to the church, that there may be food in my house. You know, your giving causes the lights to be on. These things are expensive, and they take a lot of work to put up there. Thankful for those that did. <laughs> things cost money, utilities and things. He said, let there be food in my house. God set this up to take care of his bride, the church. Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such a blessing, there will not be room enough to receive it. Said so God will open up the windows of heaven for you. And let me just share with this, uh, this word blessing here. It, it's a, a word that we get benediction from. And it means conclusion or God finish. He's saying he'll open the windows of heaven and he'll pour out a benediction, a conclusion for you or a God finish. Now think about this. This is a promise to the tither. What's the conclusion of poverty, prosperity? What's the conclusion of, of sickness and disease, health? What's the con conclusion of strife, unity? Is there something that's been bugging you for a while and you need a conclusion on it? You need a benediction? You know it's a promise to the tither that you can say, God, I'm a tither, and I thank you that this thing is coming to an end. This thing I've been going through, I believe the promise, and I believe it's coming to an end, a conclusion, a God finish. Maybe you're, you're trying to complete something, you just can't get it completed. Well, I have a promise that God will finish it, a God finisher. You're going to help me finish this thing. You're going to empower me. You're going to help me do this. Now, that excites me right there. There's some things I need a conclusion to. But see, if you're a tither, you've got, by faith, you have to take hold of these promises. You can just get in the routine where you're not even worshiping God. You're just giving. I've done it where I'm just giving my tithe. And then I'll catch myself and I need to be worshiping you. I give it home uh, online. And I want to make sure that it's so easy, just it's, it's here, you know. I want to make sure that I stop and say, God, I'm worshiping you. And I'm honoring you. And I know everything good in my life came from you. And you're a good, good father. And I want to take some time. I want to worship him. Because that's my time of honoring him. And Jesus is there receiving it. Amen? Tithers have a God finish. Open windows here. What do windows represent? Windows, what do they do in your home? It lets light in. You can pour something in or you can pour something out. But the main purpose for your window is vision. That you can see. And see... God gives us vision. He gives us understanding that we can see. 
I mean, know that God can give you an answer to something that's been, has the, the doctors uh, confused, has you confused, whatever. God can give you the answer. All it takes is vision. And we see it all through the scriptures that this is what happened. Uh, Abraham, he gives the tithes, and we talked about this some last week, but in Genesis 14, 15, God appears to Abraham in a vision. He shows Abraham who he is, what he will do. He shows him uh, some of his destiny. Tells him, you know, as me as the stars and the sand and sea, your descendants will be. He starts, what happened? He gave God honor as first in his life, and then God gives him a vision. Man, a tither gets direction. You want to know your destiny? I've been promised, Lord, to know my destiny, destiny because I'm a tither. Huge. It's a promise that God has given us, spiritual insight, spiritual understanding. It says he will open, and notice here it says windows with an S of heaven, and he will give you spiritual eyesight. You can expect God to show you your purpose, who you are, and where you're going. He'll bring things to conclusion. He'll give insight, eyesight. Cornelius was another one. It says that he was a, a centurion of the Italian regiment, and he was a giver. The Bible says he was a generous giver, and the Jews held him in high standard. He was God-fearing, and his family was devout. And what happened to him? A vision. God said, your prayers and your giving have come up to before me as a memorial. And God sent an angel to him and gives him spiritual insight and said, there's a man named Peter in Joppa. Send two of your servants to go get him. Destiny's about to come in your life. Salvation is coming to you. Your prayers are being answered. And here's the, the thing about it. At the same time, God has a man over here in a trance who didn't want to even go. <laughs> He's in a trance and has a vision. And what's he to do? He's, go, he's to go to Cornelius' house. There's a knock at the door. <laughs> he comes out of the trance and vision. I'm going. <laughs> I find the humor something. God will put somebody in a trance for you if they have to. If he has to, to get you blessed. To get you where you need to go. <laughs> He'll make you the VP of the company if he has to. He's going to bless your obedience. Another a word for blessing here is to empower. Or he will, and there's so much more than money. This is in every area. He will give you empowerment or ability. What's another word? Grace. Grace abounding towards you. He'll pour out this ability upon you, this grace upon you. He'll give you wisdom. Wisdom's the principal thing. You'll know how to handle things. You'll know what to do. The wisdom of God will come out of you. You'll know how to apply information. Are you seeing the blessing of being a tither? He said, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, pour out for you such a blessing 
that you will not have room enough to receive it. Now that sounded a little odd to me. I remember saying that. God, you're a good steward. You're not wasteful. That sounds wasteful. Why would you give me something I don't even have room enough to receive it? Well, you go to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 8, where we were just a moment ago. Here mortal men receive tithes, but there he receives them. Talking about Jesus. Whom is witness that he lives. Even Levi, who received tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak, for he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Levi did what? Levi paid tithes to Melchizedek. But Levi was four generations later. He wasn't alive, but he was in the loins of Abraham. This blessing of the tither, when you put God first in your life, is bigger than your life. It goes down to your children and their children, down to the fourth generation. The blessing of God affects your children and your grandchildren and their children. It's bigger than our lives. When you put God first... It has an effect on them. God is ministering and speaking to them. It's accounted to them as if they had tithed. Because you tithed. What do you do? You teach them to tithe. You keep this thing going. You want them blessed. But your flesh will come against it. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Will choose to do what the spirit says. And watch what God will do. Because when we did this for three years ago, we heard testimony after testimony after testimony of God always passing the test. Because he's true to his word. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm going to read you just uh, go here at the end. When you tithe, parent, the blessings go to your children. It's passed on. A good father leaves an inheritance for his children. How do you do it? Tithing. The seal of the Old Testament was circumcision, the cutting of the flesh. When you tithe, putting God as first in your life, it signifies a seal of covenant relationship that you have with God in your money. That's a mouthful there. We're going to close up right here. Uh, the tithe is holy and belongs to the Lord. Second one, if you give God his tithe first, then your 90% will be blessed. God will give a tither. I think I misspelled that. A benediction. A tither is promised vision for his destiny. A tither causes an impartation, a blessing to four generations. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad? Let's bow our heads. No one looking around. I want to give you an opportunity for the greatest decision of your life. And that's to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Our God is in love with you. He loves every single person on this planet. He's pursuing each and every person. Showing his goodness. We're his hands and feet. 
we're representing him but today God's tugging on your heart to lay down your life and accept him as Lord let the old life go let the bitterness go the unforgiveness and receive the peace of God God is calling on you he's tugging on your heart today because he loves you and you come just the way you are you don't have to change one thing right now you just come to him and receive from him just going to ask you in your seat to lift your hand if this is you no one looking around just lift your hand say this is me maybe you prayed this before but you know today you need to come home you need to come back thank you Lord let's pray this together say dear Lord I thank you for Jesus Christ Lord I thank you for the cross thank you for the price that was paid for me I call you my Lord and my Savior come into my heart give me new life I'll live for you all the days of my life thank you for saving me I'm your child fill me with your Holy Spirit empower me to live this life for you in Jesus name and as I did last week, no one looking around again just for a moment. If God is speaking to you about tithing or about giving or increase, why don't you just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Yes, see those hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for these that have their hands lifted. God, I thank you that you're touching and you're moving in their life. And God, you give seed to the sower. I thank you, Lord, that you even provided the tithe. Even as Abraham was sacrificing Isaac, there you showed yourself as Jehovah Jireh, the provider. And Lord, I thank you for more than enough. I thank you for blessing these with wisdom and understanding. And I thank you for that breakthrough anointing on their life. I give you thanks for it. Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you'd like to get more information about resources from Church of the Harvest, please check out our website at midsouthharvest.org. You may also contact us by phone at 662-890-1573 or toll-free at 866-383-8277.